welcome to episode 33 of All's Fair in Love and Film, a film review podcast where we go through our DVD collection in alphabetical order, reviewing each one as we go. I'm Laura. And I'm Ryan. And this week we're talking about 2007's The Bucket List, directed by Rob Reiner. Ryan, what is your history, if any, with this film? I've had no like history with this film at all. Like I, I remember vaguely seeing posters for it uh when i was a kid like young young adult and cin- like in the cinemas and stuff like that to be honest i've never really been drawn to this kind of film at all but um yeah i mean i i remember seeing uh, like jack nicholson's photo uh, like photo like like a bunch of the uh material like the a promotional material with it with his face on it and he always has these like fucking weird faces so i just kind of like uh mate mate that mate that's that film's not for me but oh, fair yeah. enough. what about you um similar thing i think i, I remember very clearly because the the um dvd case which uh, obviously we have i think was the same as the poster that was in the cinema yeah i think it is um so i, I remember that image very clearly but there's a couple of things that like kind of throw me off about this film obviously the term bucket list as a, oh, that's on my bucket list is so much in the cultural zeitgeist. I just assume that this is like, this film has been around longer than it has because yeah. of that. So, I mean, the term bucket list must have been around before this film, right? I, I definitely, I guarantee you it has. I assume it must be, but I think this popularized it. But I just feel like because that phrase has been around, like what I, f- I feel like I've always known that, it just feels like, because in 2007, I would have been... 13 and i just feel like that's too late in life for me to have come up to the phrase you know bucket list um but also i have no idea how this dvd came to be in our collection same i don't know where it came from i didn't buy it did we somehow acquire acquire it through um through through your mom we might have got it in one of my mom's like getting rid of dvds kind of culls that she did i don't know but like i cannot remember how this one came to be but because yeah. um, again, like you said, it's not the kind of film that normally draws me like this one. Um, it was definitely like a very popular movie. It's got like two very popular leading men in Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman. They're both kind of household names. So and with both of their faces being on the poster, that's obviously going to like bring in audiences and stuff. But I am not so much a fan of like sad movies. Yeah, neither am I. I, I, I do... I can kind of get behind them in certain instances like I like when it's like when it's like really just it, it when it's not the sole point of the whole plot you know like uh like I really didn't like the Fault in Our Stars is that, is that yeah, yeah no I I'm not a fan of pretty much anything John Green writes yeah I, like I guess this this film differs for me in some ways because like I guess my equivalent um film because i think i saw it around the same time as i saw this because um going back to like my history film, i think i've only seen it beginning to end once um and i cannot place that in time or space i just know i've seen it before um but i think i also saw my sister's keeper and that's uh you know on a similar vein it's about a a person with a terminal illness a young girl in the case of my sister's keeper and the whole film is like about the kind of the period of time leading up to her passing away which similar to this but the difference I will credit this film with is it's not um I mean the quote from Jack Nicholson in this film is like a slow march or a slow parade to your own death um that he while well, he's talking about um to 
to Morgan Freeman's character at the start of the film, like, you know, you should go out in a blaze of glory, not in like a slow a slow march to your own death. That film really is just a slow march to that character's death. Whereas this, it's more of a feel good. It's like a... Yeah. They start talking about death like very kind of loosely and, and pragmatically and kind of they're trying to be happy rather than it just being like a sob fest from beginning to end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that that's kind of what I was getting at. It's like, it, yeah. it, it's nice to have a kind of like, okay, you, you're meant to feel something kind of film, but it's not the whole, like the whole whole crux of the, of the plot isn't meant to just make you feel sad the whole entire fucking time. You, like, we'll, we'll get into this a bit more when when we discuss the plot and everything, but yeah. Um, I think now would be a perfect time to segue into a very, very concise... Uh, recapping of the story. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, the summary on IMDb is very brief. And I think as well, it's, you know, it's a popular enough and like famous enough movie that the plot is is pretty well known. Two terminally ill men escape from a cancer ward and head off on a road trip with a wish list of to-dos before they die. Um, Do they escape? I thought they had been discharged. The, I thought they were, like, it's implied that they're discharged, but like, I don't, see them filling out the forms to be discharged i mean i think there's maybe a scene missing there where they're like you know breaking out of hospital or not as the case may be but um anyway well i mean like morgan freeman seems to joke a lot that they broke out the cancer board but yeah that's true but i i don't i i guess it was always kind of said with such levity i just kind of assumed that it was a it was a joke yeah same i kind of i think it is from I mean, maybe I missed something in our, like, when we watched it just before recording, but I, I really don't think I did. Um, but anyway, I, I think the first kind of um, plot thing that I want to, like, talk about with you, if that's okay, is yep. the first thing we kind of get introduced to is uh, there's these two men, they have to share a, a room in the hospital, and they're very, like very different very different backgrounds like one is the hospital's owner and he's like a cajillionaire and one is morgan freeman who is a mechanic and has like worked every hour god sends to like provide for his family a classic odd couple pretty much a classic odd couple yeah and they i i do feel there's the initial tension between them but that's mostly because jack nicholson's character doesn't want to share a room because he's you know uh, a wealthy man who's used to his own space and getting everything the way he wants but beyond that, I don't really think that their obvious kind of class division is addressed very much through the film. Now, I quite like that because th- that's not necessarily what this film is about. But at the same time, I don't know if it's because it's, it's pertinent commentary for sure. Uh, the class divide, especially when that class divide is exemplified by the US healthcare system. Yes. Um, but also... Maybe it's done. De- it's like deliberately not addressed because, like, it, death it, and their impending death is like the great equalizer. It's because it's also like his wealth is a plays into the film's plot in a lot of ways because they they wouldn't be able to do all these things on the bucket list if they if like if they didn't utilize his wealth. So I think it's kind of a um, like it, it would be a bit awkward to kind of like harp on about like his wealth and stuff like that if it, like, like i guess i'm not saying they should harp on about his wealth but the most we see of their like class difference is morgan freeman walking into like fancy suites and going wow how much money do you have and that's like a running joke between yeah. the two of them um but i i guess like the question of how expensive morgan freeman's 
like medical care is going to be never comes up. Yeah. And like things that would really highlight the differences between having money in that situation and not having money outside of the like bucket list things. But again, maybe it's because by the time they're both dying, the characters don't care about those yeah. differences. And like, if that's the case, if that was done deliberately by the film, I think that's very like good and a really like nice kind of moving choice to make. But if it's just been kind of swept under the carpet and forgotten about, I'm not really sure how you feel about it. Yeah. How I feel about that. I'm, I'm, I'm very much in the same boat. I do think that I think they might've just kind of gently swept under the carpet just so it wasn't a, so it didn't become kind of inconvenient to the plot, I guess. There yeah. are a few points where you can kind of see that class divide get kind of brought up very subtly in that, like, he's having a hard... Like, um, Carter's having... Uh, Morgan Freeman's character, Carter, has is having a hard time getting an answer from the doctor and stuff like that. And the only time that he's able to get an answer from the doctor is when... Uh, when uh, Jack Nicholson's character, Cole, is able to just kind of, like, force a doctor to actually work, uh, like, work around him. It, that's... That was as close they got to as kind of discussing the the implications of race and 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 money money in in this film. Other than that, it's very very much glossed over, and I yeah. I, I do feel it kind of almost whitewashes it in some ways. Yeah, I guess that's that's a little bit of what I'm getting at. Um, I think sitting here with my 2021 goggles on and having like well, still be currently living through like a pandemic i don't think this film could be made today without talking about health insurance i really don't without addressing like you know this person like in a much more because I, I had forgotten about that scene but that is is one scene in the whole film i think the fact that you know a mechanic living in la may not necessarily have the best like medical cover I'm not sure, like, what the specifics are of the U.S. healthcare system. You can probably shed more light on it than I can. Not good. He probably would not have enough. Uh, probably not uh, not have a good enough insurance insurance to be able to do that unless he had been. He was either the owner of the of of the yeah. shop and had been it like had been well established and multiple establishments himself. So I'd say that like there's a lot of unknowns, you know. But it like most somebody just on a mechanics wage would you know not be probably having the best health insurance. Yeah, I mean, like, again, with my 2021 head on, I don't think this film could be made today without centralizing that issue. Because the topic of healthcare is quite a big one in the US, especially among our generation at the moment. Like, I don't think there are many Americans our age that aren't rooting for more a more, more universal healthcare system. Yeah, I mean, to a degree, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, but... I mean, I'm I'm speaking as someone who grew up with with the NHS. Thank the fucking Lord, you know. I don't, I don't. Uh, this is why I'm asking you because and I'm somebody you're all foreign I, and, stuff. I, and I'm somebody who really enjoys using the NHS now nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but it, it like it. I will. It is like health insurance is 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 a complicated thing in the states. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, and quite. Pop- I mean, it. I mean. It, <sighs> Sometimes you can get really lucky and some some small establishments do provide really good health insurance, but I know that you can be pretty well off and still struggle with health insurance in the States because of it's just so, like, spotty. But, I mean, kind of going back to the kind of overall plot of the film, you kind of, it's almost a point where you have to just dis, uh, suspend your disbelief and just kind of go with it because it does yeah. just seem a bit... A, a bit unrealistic yeah and you've just for the for the film to happen you just have to like ignore the whole issue of 
how is Morgan Freeman paying for because the the like kind of mon almost montage does it count as a montage that bit at the beginning when they're in the hospital the, the, for a really long yeah, time yeah yeah I in, in my notes I've got that written down as good use of montage but. it is a good montage but I mean unlike some like your kind of stereotypical montage that's like parodied in cartoons and stuff it's there's like little vignettes within it there's dialogue within it and things like that um but it's it's you know as we've talked about before an effective tool for like passing the time um in that just to show how long their hospital stay yeah, is yeah it's like how does morgan freeman pay for all these months in hospital but we're not going to talk about that well, anymore <laughs> it, it does almost seem like it, it doesn't i felt like it would have done worked a little bit better with a bit of like some cue cards or something like that indicating the length of time because the the length of time that's passed overall and throughout the whole course of this film is it, they said three months but it just didn't that didn't seem feasible yeah because i think it's at the at, um uh, carter's funeral at the end he says three months ago we were strangers but in the montage the way the reason i don't think they need cue cards is they're tracking the time passing um as edward cole's hair is growing back because right at the beginning he gets his head shaved for his surgery and then by the time the montage is kind of over, his hair has grown back quite a bit. So that was how I was thinking they would track the time. But I don't think his hair would have grown back that quickly for them to then go on their road trip and for that whole period of time to only be in three months. Well, also for him to go fully into remission, that's in, in that short amount of time, uh, Cole going into remission at the very end. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. Like it, that just seems that doesn't seem to track I like. It, I mean, terminal illness is different for everybody, but yeah, him to from a three month span from him to be told that he's got six months to a year left to live to going into total remission. I mean, he did say he was a medical miracle, but that's quite medically miraculous. Yeah, I mean, we do have to say we're not doctors. Yeah, um, true disclaimer. Yeah, disclaimer, massive disclaimer. <laughs> but but like, I guess like, I mean, I know that there's people who like who like who have had who have had like like really um like what's like stay like stage one or stage two cancer and it, it, it takes about it like, it like almost a year to know if you're going to be going into remission so it just like either yeah he's a medical miracle is pretty much yeah. the, the gist of it but yeah so there's definitely a few points in the plot where you do have to suspend disbelief but like overall i feel like the pacing of the plot is probably one of the best paced films like uh, of the kind of, of kind of like this whole genre I uh, would definitely agree, yeah, because I find films like this tend to drag, and my memory of this film is it being very long, but I don't think it actually was, was it? It was like a tight 90 minutes, I'm pretty sure. I think sure. it was a little longer than that, but it, was, it, was, it wasn't two hours. No, definitely not. It was, it, like, it was a lot shorter than, than I thought it would be, because you, you, you said, oh yeah, it's going to be a long film, we need to you know, bookmark, some, bookmark some time for it, but no, it... it, it actually flowed really really well yeah i think it's because a lot happens in it so yeah. i've i've got it in my because i haven't seen it since i was either a teenager or in my early 20s i was like oh this film is long i have a memory of this film being like over two hours but it really isn't but they pack so much not just like action because the scenes like they're moving from place to place to place to place to place and doing all of this stuff. But it's also they pack a lot of emotional depth and emotional moments. Character and exposition. Character yeah. exposition. And also the natural development of their and deepening of their friendship over that time. Yeah, It feels like a lot meatier of a film, you know? Yeah, that and they also do... They do quite 
good job of actually depicting kind of the emotional conflict between them as well yeah. and, and, and like the just like the the conflict dialogue is is actually quite well um quite well written as well because mm. it, it's fucking wholly believable i mean the only thing that kind of undercuts that is um uh, jack nicholson's kind of slightly ott acting but you know yeah but i mean i think the the reason why they picked him to play this character is because the character is so much bigger than life you know he's a very like larger than life guy because he's using all of this big personality um to compensate for the fact that he's alone and that he's lonely which is why you know morgan freeman's character is the more subdued of the two because he's never needed to like you know only himself to fill a room because yeah. there's always been other people there to fill the room with him whereas uh edward cole the character is is just alone the yeah. whole time and i think they did a really good job of not just dropping hints of that throughout and then culminating in that in the scene at the end when he goes back after him and carter fall out after their adventure and then it's just it, that's the culmination that's not the first time you figure out that he's lonely yeah it's the culmination of everything you've like learned about this character and i think that's really really effective yeah the, it, i do also like the just the general little motif like character like small character motifs that are kind of carried out throughout the whole you know like the whole the whole film like um like uh cole's got his coffee his yeah. his, his, his shit coffee <laughs> i love that that's just yeah. like but it's very clear from the start that Morgan Freeman's character knows ex- everything ex- about it. Oh yeah, but it's it, and then you know he, uh, Morgan Freeman has his facts and He's, the, like his, knows his, everything his, about his trivia. Yeah. yeah, so that like again comes together when those like at the very very facts uh, at the very very kind of climax of the film when when um, Carter dies, you get that you know right before he dies, you yeah. you, you get that kind of resolution of like both of their um, their they're kind of like character motifs coming together it's like it that was quite well done and like yeah you don't see that with i mean you see other films like really utilizing like motif like those kind of like small character motifs character like touch points but like they always end up falling down a bit and they always kind of get a little bit muddy but yeah. th- this film was did made surprisingly good use of it yeah no th- it was like the perfect culmination of like a punchline that's uh the joke has been kind of woven throughout the film in this really non-intrusive way and then at the end it's this like perfect punchline which is really poignantly kind of counterpointed by him being able to cross off uh laugh so hard you cry from the bucket list and from that point in the film i am weeping until the credits roll yeah accurate (laughs) very accurate well it's it's very sad and also like Again, this film it's it's a it's a feel good film all the way through, right up until the end when it is a tearjerker, and I can kind of forgive it that because even though I I tend to shy away from films that make me cry, it's hopeful still. Like, yeah. you know, everyone everything is kind of resolved in a very hopeful manner. Like uh, Edward Cole is like a better person because of it, and um, you know, um, Carter Morgan Freeman's character is resolved a lot of his issues with his family before he passed but i wanted to ask you what do you think about because it's i think it's clear from the jump that one of them is not going to make it yeah because i don't think the film would be i i hate to say it like this and um i 
hope every person that has to deal with cancer in their life survives it. But the as a narrative in this film, and only as a narrative, it would not be satisfying if both of them had lived. No, no. And I, I just, like, saying that makes me feel, ugh, because... You know, cancer is a horrible, real thing that yeah. we all, yeah, no. you know, have to deal with. But I also felt like, you know, from the jump, one of them's not going to make it. it, it and do you think that impacts like your watching of the film or how like I, you view it? I don't think it does necessarily for me. It Like it's you can't you yes you you see it coming and it, you you kind of know it's going to be a major plot point but i kind of was i guess i was expecting it to again kind of be at the near the very very end and it's going to lend some kind of credence to the overall like resolution of of the film but i didn't really i don't know i it, it was yeah it's a very very obvious it's a very very obvious ending and i don't really know how else you could have ended it yeah i and don't think you can yeah. end it any other way really um but i also do you think the film tries to keep you guessing on on which one of them is is going to survive no no it, it or it, is, do you think it's clear from the outset that it's going to be carter that passes away it's i thought it was going to be carter to be passing away because he's got a lot more to lose immediately like with his with his with his family yeah. and also the fact that um cole has a has extended family who he's like very very not in touch with it, yeah so it, from it, a narrative perspective of, it makes more sense yeah yeah but yeah I, that's that's the only that's the only kind of thing i didn't really think was yeah, yeah. um kind of i like transitioning from narrative sort of into like filming techniques um I forgot from when I watched this who was climbing the mountain because they show the person climbing the mountain at the beginning yeah. and then obviously that yeah. is resolved at the end and we, we grow to understand the significance because that's the majestic thing that um, Morgan Freeman's character Carter wants to see on his bucket list. Um, so for some reason in, in the back of my head because having seen this film before obviously I knew um, Carter was the one that didn't make it so I was like that's got to be that's got to be Jack Nicholson climbing the mountain but then I was like but Surely he's like too old and and sort of infirm yeah. to be climbing the mountain. So I was really like I could not remember who it was. Did you? Because you this was the first time you've seen this film, right? Yeah, I honestly just thought it was some stock footage. That, like, I, I, oh, I, you I, didn't think it was going to be relevant? No, no, I like I I thought like you know, I guess like there was I've seen other kind of films in this kind of vein, and they've kind of employed either some degree of like stock imagery or something something like that. So I didn't I didn't really give it much thought at all oh really because like for in, in my like experience this kind of film um if there's like random kind of vignettes of stuff at the beginning it always turns out to be relevant somehow later i mean okay it could be relevant but uh, like i i thought it might have been relevant i didn't think that the individual climbing the mountain was relevant ah, that's okay. that's 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 kind of what i was getting at sorry mm. um, no that's fair um I do it's kind of going back to the, the 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 film like the filming and the um and the narrative devices. This film uses lighting beautifully. Yeah. Um, like I mean, it's not like really high key or really low key, but it's just very like in all the hospital scenes in the dark, they're just really really dramatically lit. Like 
to a degree where you know you i mean yeah you, this is a, a quite a this had to be a a film with quite a budget or else you wouldn't have had jack nicholson and yeah. Morgan freeman but it, it amazes me that they still had money enough to do all the like all the good lighting all the good like um like uh, all the like so many of the shots employed camera movement that was just so well done considering like it, it was a lot more imaginative than a lot of the other films in the genre yeah that okay. actually like tend to just be very static static camera movement like or if not not any camera movement at all mm. or just like employing very very like basic like angle like angles but no this this went the whole nine yards like yeah i mean as as like a m- much more of a lay person than you i found the light as we were watching it very very natural throughout no matter what whether it was like daytime outside daytime inside artificial lighting inside nighttime you know it all seemed very very natural kind natural of. but dramatic yeah um and also with the kind of cinematography and the pacing it was very easy to watch Yes. It was very easy to watch. Like there was nothing jarring. Everything was very like smooth, but it was also like dynamic enough to be incredibly engaging. Like I, I wasn't bored and at all during this film. Not just because of the plot, but because like everything that is put in front of you, there's like diversity in color. Everything is very rich and like there's there's just lots to look at without it being without it bombarding you and being crowded yeah yeah it was just i thought it was really really well done very very textured kind of just good i really liked it yeah it's just really good to kind of see a degree of like care put into a film like that light like this like in terms of just like getting the best quality visuals you can yeah but um kind of moving on to act the, the acting um I th- yeah, I, I th- honestly think that this is a great film for Morgan Freeman and yeah. a pretty good one for Jack Nicholson. He does act better in this one than I have seen him in a, in a lot of other films. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not his biggest fan because I find him just, he tends to be just a bit hammy in every role yeah. he's he's in. Like, I really liked him in The Shining, but apart from that, like, I can think of like a handful of films that he was in my opinion, really a standout, like... I love actor. him as the Joker. Okay, yes. As Jack the Nicholson's jo- Joker is fantastic. Yes, I, I, that, that is one of the films I, <laughs> I, I would agree with you. Like, because it, it, it's meant to be larger than life. But. Yeah, that's the thing. I think that is where he thrives, is in these roles where he can be a bit wacky, a bit more hammy, than, and as you say, like, larger than life. Um, I think what really sells this film for me both actors both of the principal actors and like all the supporting actors as well yeah. like i love um the guy who who plays thomas whose real name is matthew i think he's just fantastic as he, a supporting character he's in will and grace if i remember correctly. i have never seen an episode of will and grace it's it's uh, like a like a sitcom from it's the very 90s. american yes very very, very american. <laughs> yeah so i love him but like i think yeah, as I was saying, what sells it for me is the chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. Like, right from the jump, they can communicate with each other and with the audience exactly what their character is feeling, what they're trying to, like, hide from the other person and what they're trying to project. And then when they're being genuine and raw, like, they project that really well as well. And I just... The chemistry between the two of them is 
absolutely beautiful and really really great i love it yeah it, it is it like they they do feed off each other and like the most pleasing way really yeah again yeah. it's that odd couple dynamic of like you know jack nicholson's edward cole being very like loud and larger than life and kind of pushing um uh carter uh morgan freeman's boundaries kind of and then yeah. morgan freeman kind of tempering that with a more mellow kind of attitude towards things and just like it, it's it's you know laid out physically on paper in the film using their bucket list all of morgan freeman's kind of wishes and, and wants are all of the more um sort of spiritual simple things whereas all of the or uh, um edward cole's are the big flashy showy events and they end up like blending them together and doing both alongside each other in a way that's like really exemplifies yeah. their characters and shows how beautifully those two things can merge to you know form not just two men's dying months but a life yeah yeah it's it's really really good i mean uh, apart from these actors and um the guy who plays um uh matthew thomas matthew thomas <laughs> he's listed on imdb as thomas because <laughs> that's what he's referred to the most but his real name is matthew fair enough um apart from them i didn't really recognize any other supporting cast member in this film it's a really small cast like yeah. i was just looking through on imdb and the only ones that are listed as like principal characters are those three and then closely followed by um carter's wife and and, Vivian. The, and, the, and then the doctor i'm going to tell you is going to be one of them as well because it's it's just like yeah I, he's, I, he's I, fifth he's, yeah he gets so in order of like because you know how they do top time. build cast well it's not i don't think it's, done by screen, it's just top build i don't know yeah I, I, th sometimes it's done by screen time sometimes it's been uh like in terms of how much um uh, like percentages of lines and stuff like that can yeah. be done but yeah like, that makes sense yeah. um it's jack nicholson morgan freeman obviously then sean hayes who plays thomas slash matthew then beverly todd who plays virginia then rob morrow who plays dr hollins then alfonso freeman who plays roger rowena king who plays angelica and then we get onto all of the rest of the cast like very few of them even have like pictures yeah yeah well yeah but that's like the, as soon as you get past the first five listed you are fully into kind of people who only have one or two lines yeah it, it is also kind of like i mean you, you, the man of extras are probably employed for this film oh god yeah because yeah. the amount of like traveling they yeah. do and and different places and activities they do there's a whole there, there's you know there's an extensive gamut. use of, of green screen i will say when they when, they, when they're going to uh, yeah. like the taj mahal like apparently they really went to the taj mahal oh uh, really the taj mahal was one of the few things that was real the things that were fake they didn't really go skydiving their faces were yeah. photoshopped onto stump men yeah i saw that and they didn't do the driving which is a scene i know you would have liked yes I, I yes I, I I did like that. Well, the Taj Mahal, the exterior shots, they almost seem kind of like glimmery, kind of like almost like like some of them like I like maybe they de like the interior probably was was definitely real, but like the, some of the exterior shots looked really fake. Cause maybe I, the Taj Mahal glitters. Or maybe maybe it's shiny. Or maybe that they couldn't they couldn't get in like cause maybe they the, couldn't clear enough people away from exactly in front of that, it. That, that, so that, they that, had to green screen yeah. the outside, but they could go on the inside. But yeah, I looked up because I was just like, I don't think they were really skydiving, but I really want to know if they were really yeah. skydiving. So I, I I did do a little bit of research into that, and um, I literally found a thing that was like they did not skydive, they did not drive the fast cars, they did go to the Taj Mahal. 
fair enough. And that was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, overall, what was your favorite scene or favorite part of this film? Or what, what bit did you kind of really dislike? Or <laughs> I like I like all of Morgan Freeman's voiceovers, which is, I think, another clue that he's going to be the one who's not going to gonna make it um especially the letter to edward at the end yes cries cries lots of tears and also just even very briefly the um the scene where they go to the great wall of china and ride a motorbike along it and carter's driving and edward's on the back i think that's very very cute and i adore it um yeah, just I, I think just like any time the two of them have like a real like conversation and it always gets kind of maudlin and then it ends with let's go play cards. Yeah. I think it's very important to have those like conversations about death, especially in the situation that these two find themselves yeah. in. Uh, what about you? Um, I know it was all a really long running gag that was just like it had a long setup, but I do really like the, the fact where <laughs> like the the the. Oh, you're shitting me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's Just like, no, the cat got there first. First. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was... Yeah. Like, the scene where they laugh so hard they cry is yeah. also a favorite. Yeah, that 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 was definitely the my one of my favorite bits of the film. Given this, how would you rate it? Rate the film? I would give the film a solid seven. Just because it only loses points. I think it only loses points because of like my particular taste. Like, it's just not my genre, really. Yeah, same. Um, uh, so that's the only, like, it, it's just my personal taste. I think, honestly, if I was looking at this, uh, it, like, from a purely, like, academic perspective, this film would get 10 out of 10 all around. It's phenomenal. And I, at least it might have got an 8, but for how sexistly Edward Cole talks about women the whole time. It only loses one point for that end of i would probably write this film a six because uh, I, I i enjoyed watching it it was it had some really good bits like in like in, like it had some really good redeeming like it had a good plot for the most part i really like the cinematography but overall it 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 lacks something that to, to like it like I, I guess it's yeah it's not really my favorite type of film and i do think it could have been better. I'm not gonna lie though. The look you gave me when I said seven, I thought for sure you were gonna rate it higher. No, no, I'm I'm rating it a six. You look like you were gonna fight me. I was like, no, whoa, no. I thought seven was pretty high. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. So, what are we listening to next week, Laura? Or wa- what watching? Are we listening watching to? two weeks from now. Sorry. Two weeks from now, we will be watching the Captain America trilogy. Ooh. We've got to see, guys. We've gone all the way through A and B, and it's only taken us 33 episodes. Yep. Oh. 34 will be will be the Captain America one. So that like yeah. honestly like the first Captain America film is like one of my all-time favorites in the MCU so that yeah, that sure. should be that should be really good. Yeah. Cool. Um it's going to be a lot to talk about so we probably won't dissect it in as much detail, but no. we've done trilogy episodes before so yeah, and, it will be and, fast and loose and fun. Yeah, and they got a bit long-winded so we should pro- Hey, <laughs> we're going to fight about that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Thanks oh. for listening everybody. Okay. Bye. Deal by Craig MacArthur. The photo used for our cover is by Rodolfo Clicks. Audio editing's by Ryan DeRoges, and this podcast was produced by Laura and Ryan DeRoges. Find us on Twitter at All's Fair Podcast, on Instagram at All's Fair and Love and Film, or email us at All's Fair and Love and Film at gmail.com.